You're listening to For the Lore, the podcast that delves into the craft of our favorite games, whether lore, gameplay, or game design. Each week, Roger is joined by Joe, Vince, and Marty. Roger, that, that's the wrong intro. Motherfucker, I gave you the chance to have an awesome beginning. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I was really looking forward to our usual intro so that we would have a little bit of Marty here with us. But uh, unfortunately, Marty will not be joining us. Uh, welcome to For the Lore, everybody. It is the 4th of July on a Wednesday this week. But I am joined by Jodger. Dr- Jesus, <laughs> fucked it up. There you go. I am Apparently joined we by- have molded and become one Roger. <laughs> I'm sorry. I am joined by Roger and Joe, and yes, this is actually a pretty awesome episode because we get to spend some time with the awesome adventures of Captain Spirit. Did you either of you guys play the game? Yeah, I did. I have not had a chance to yet. Okay. Uh, <laughs> the hardest part for me was just finding the damn thing because I come to realize that, at least on uh, PlayStation, the the game itself didn't have its own store page because it's listed under life is strange 2 as the demo for that game because i I spent a fair amount of time searching i eventually just had to go onto the playstation web store and you know air quotes purchase it through there and then remotely download it on my ps4 i played it through steam so Mm, um, that that store might have been slightly better organized but yes uh awesome adventures of captain spirit is our prequel slash demo leading into Life is Strange 2 coming out later this year. And in the awesome adventures of Captain Spirit, we play a young uh, nine-year-old boy by the name of Chris. And I was immediately endeared with my time with this kid. As much as we all loved the first Life is Strange, I, I think I can speak that on a large scale, none of us could truly kind of meld with Max in as far as neither, none of us have ever been a teenage girl. There were certain aspects of her character that appealed, of course, but Chris, I mean, Chris was me when I was around that age. Very active imagination, spent a lot of time coming up with fantastic stories with his toys, and I didn't quite ha- ha- go down the like comic book artist routes with the stuff, but the the imaginary world that Chris comes up with in so much of this game was immediately endearing to me and gave me a strong, strong connection to his character. And see, I actually did do the comic stuff. I drew a lot when I was young. And so my walls were literally covered with drawings. It would drive the old man crazy because the tape would rip the paint off (laughs) and it would really piss him off. Uh, Or sometimes I'd I'd use tacks too, even worse. Uh, But yeah, I I had drawings everywhere and I, some of them were like... um, basically just not trace but um copying what i'd see like i put a comic book beside me uh but there were actually some original things that i like drawing too for case in point like you're saying you we used our imaginations and i would come up with all kinds of stuff and it was enough so that when i would have been a little bit older than than chris in this story but not by too much a buddy my best friend and i we actually wrote a fucking comic book and it was like we drew it out and it was all stick figures of course because we were useless at drawing <laughs> at that age um but we we did an entire comic book and it was just that idea of creating and putting it to paper is something that I immediately related to. And like you said, too, that kid, the voice actor for that kid was phenomenal because that is hard to get someone young to do a convincing and and a good job in, in one of these games. And I mean, I don't know who did it. I'm going to look it up while you're talking in a moment. But the voice acting for that kid was fantastic. Yeah, like I that couldn't have been an actual kid. I I, I can't I can't believe that. <laughs> it sure sounded like it. Oh yes, of like, course. Really sounded like it. I I'm checking, like I said. Just go ahead and keep going. Okay. Yeah. So uh, the game when we're presented with uh our setup here, it's a short little 
hour and a half, two hour. And again, it's a demo to kind of set us up in the Life is Strange universe. So it's essentially a morning, early afternoon with Chris and his dad. And I don't remember his dad's name and I don't have it in my notes, but his dad in the sadly all too common story setup of the dead wife slash mother figure. Uh, takes place uh, somewhere right before Christmas. We're not given an exact date, but we know it's leading up to Christmas. And round about the one-year anniversary of the mother's passing. So things aren't too happy here in the household. Uh, dads didn't take the passing well. He's clearly uh, devolving into alcoholism and other vices. Not It's, it's interesting because we go back to the first Life is Strange, and was it David, uh, Chloe's stepfather? Was that his name? Yeah. yeah David. And I remember I was talking about it, and like, you know, David's not a bad guy. Like, yes, he, he comes off in some poor ways, but like when you get into the core of the character, like he's still, he still cares about his family. He's trying. He's not doing too good of a job, but God, he, he's sincere at least. And here with, uh, with Chris's dad, Early on, like with the with the breakfast scene, I was like, okay, yep, he he's really trying. Like he, he's not too good at this single father thing, and he clearly has his, his demons that he's he's working with. But you know, he he's trying. But I the way that uh, things played out over the course of the demo definitely changed my perception of Dad. See, I did not feel that he was trying right from the get go. Like immediately. I've got an issue with this this parent. Um, mm-hmm. Like you said, too, the entire mom is dead, woman in the refrigerator bullshit. I'm so fucking tired of that. But fine, keep going. We knew that going in, so it was one of those, okay, I'm already ticked about that, but I can let it go, move on. But the, um, the story, once you're in, it does not take long before he is snapping at you, being a sarcastic ass. He's drinking way early in the morning, game day or not, and clearly has assaulted the child by bruising his arm, by squeezing his arm so tightly that it bruised Mm -hmm. it. Um, So immediately, I hate this motherfucker. See, I was a little unsure at first if he was the cause of that bruise because there was also uh, talks about him getting into fights at school, so I wasn't 100% sure at first. I was sure by the end. Oh, I I was certain because, A, the, the... the artist did a good job with it and it was a much bigger plus you can see the father feeling somewhat guilty about it but still not enough of a a human being to apologize or to do something right about it no this is somebody who is just being a complete nutter asshole and it's one of those things too as i played it It's a tricky thing for developers to and, and writers to put into a story this 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 idea and to try to make the father still to humanize him enough and to make it so that maybe you as a player will have some pity and say okay I can see why he's doing this so we'll we'll cut him a, a wider berth and maybe choose these options where we don't bring up the the drinking where we don't do different things to antagonize them but as i'm playing this i'm thinking you know what fuck that bullshit you know how many people lose their spouse and they don't take it out on their kids there is never an excuse for that kind of thing so i immediately whenever there was an opportunity to do something (laughs) i was like fuck you i'm gonna if there's an option at some point for me to report your ass i fucking will and and as it happened, when I, I finished it, which clearly you'll get into later, I actually went back and did it again so that I could do the quote-unquote, you know, supportive side. And I got things to say about that, too. But, yeah, I had no hues for him. And to the point where it was difficult for me to play through it at points because mm-hmm. I was so bothered by what I was seeing. And that's... I mean, it's it's absolute credit to the designers for making it so so realistic. I mean, it's uncomfortable, but it, it, the first game also dealt with a lot of uncomfortable subject matter. And that's something I realized, like, my partway through the game, like, my actions, it wasn't, it wasn't like, oh, what would I do in this situation or what would be interesting? I, I That's when I realized, like, 
fairly early on that every decision I was making was me as the player being afraid of the reactions I would get. Like I didn't do anything in the house until he passed out in the chair. Like I, I was just like, Oh, I'm going to get the hell out of here. I'm going to explore outside. And like, that's when I realized I was like, I'm actually as a player, I'm afraid of dad. That's very uncomfortable, but it's also, again, a credit to the developers for, well, you're playing like a child who lives yeah. in that kind of household would behave. And some of us have experience with that. So like it's it was authentic to that. But I do feel they still took certain liberty. I, I don't want to jump ahead. Keep going. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, after after breakfast, dad sits down uh, with a bottle of whiskey to watch the basketball game because that's what's important to him on a weekend morning with his child. And essentially leaves Chris to his own devices. Like, okay, yeah, go play, have fun. Promises to to go out later in the day to buy the Christmas tree, but it didn't have to didn't have to play through to the end of the game to figure out how that was going to work out. Uh, but we have the setup here is that Chris has his own little to do list, and I I love it because it's a piece of notebook paper with a bunch of cartoons drawn on it yeah. of all the stuff he wants to do that day. And see, that's that's what I love so much about this this episode is that. They fucking nailed Chris. Like that characterization of, and especially against the darkness of everything going on around him, it's it was so great. Like as soon as I was like, okay, here's the objective list, and just seeing, oh, you know, it's it's a bunch of crayon on on a sheet of notebook paper. I love it. So yeah, stuff like uh, got to put together his Captain Spirit uniform, has to assemble his team of superheroes, i.e., make sure he plays with all of his toys, uh, go outside and. Uh, find the hidden treasure and it, it, like all this great stuff. And there's no guidance whatsoever as to how to accomplish any of these. It's purely putting yourself in the mindset of this kid using your imagination as well of figuring out how to accomplish these different objectives and just going out there and doing the stuff. And it was, <laughs> there was some stuff where I was just like, what the heck am I supposed to do here? And then realizing, Oh, it's, I, I played a lot of, you know, adventure games when I was younger, you know, a lot of the LucasArts games where quite often the solution to a puzzle is something incredibly convoluted that you wouldn't think think of as, as a person, but you have to think of as a player. Whereas this was the exact opposite. Normally it was the shortest point between point A and point B was the correct answer. And it was very refreshing to have that aside from one puzzle, which I'll get back around to later. Yes. <laughs> But yeah, yeah, you find find the cape and the the paint to make your Captain Spirit outfit, and everything takes place in his head. And with his, you know, superpowers, uh, I, I love that they actually put that in as like a control and UI element. That there were things that you could use your superpowers on, which again is purely in the kid's imagination. <laughs> like, but it was awesome. And yeah. like your your controller vibrates and everything, you could feel the power rise and kind of thing, and. The thing is, is because we know this is a Life is Strange game, something might happen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, you're playing this game appreciating the childlike wonder, but in the back of your head, you're also still thinking, you know, Max can rewind time. <laughs> so this kid may be able to do some shit. And, and so, and speaking of which, it is a kid. The actor who played him is Chandler Mantioni. And uh, yeah, he's a young kid, like very young kid. He might be nine or 10 years old. That is amazing then. Fucking kid is, uh, yeah, great. I cannot speak highly enough for, in fact, if you listen to the other voice actors, none of them were nearly as good as he was. No, no, not whatsoever. Yeah. So yeah, you you spend your time going around, (laughs) like, as a great example, defeat the evil snowmancer. The evil snowmancer is this horrible supervillain that Chris has invented, which it's literally a snowman in the backyard. And you, know, you go up to the snowman and you use your superpowers on him and nothing happens because, well, you don't actually have superpowers. I come to find out, you know, obviously there's enough clues leading to it that you got to find some firecrackers that you blow up the snowman. And again, like you find the firecrackers, it's not just, okay, light the firecracker. No, the the prompt in the game is to use your superpowers on on the snowman by lighting the firecracker and taking 10 paces and pointing your hand at him before it blows up. Like it's, it, it's again, charming is the, the word I keep coming back to when, I, when I'm thinking of 
Chris's side of of these adventures. And that's the uh, a really good example of really good characterizations. As much as we hate the father at points, the fact that they paid attention to a lot of the details that you then as the player need to be able to do to uncover different things and the fireworks are locked away and of course the combination did not take long to figure that shit out because the father's a jackass asshole and the greatest time in his life isn't when his child was born or when he was married no it's when he won a championship game and you're going like yeah that fits yeah, there was that was the absolute of all the combination possibilities I had from trying to unlock that goddamn cell phone. When I found the other lock, I was like, okay, that was the first one I tried. Yeah. Of course, it immediately popped open. Yeah. But yeah, since I mentioned it, one of the other puzzles, uh, one of the other objectives is to play his favorite uh, game uh, on, on his dad's cell phone. The Flappy Bird thing with some goofy comic character, Hot, Hot Dog Man. Hot Dog Man or something, yeah. Yeah. And... I spent, that was the last thing I accomplished because I had like numbers. Like I looked, <laughs> I looked like some, some insane person with all these numbers written on and, <laughs> strings and, and, and pins notepad. on your wall. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Trying to figure out what it was. It was it the wife's birthday. Was, was it when they got married? Was it when the kid was born? Was it, you know, any of these important numbers and dates, you know, his basketball Jersey number, like anything I could think of couldn't figure any of it out there's literally no hints anywhere as to what this i had to end up googling it did you figure it out fuck no but i did okay, like yeah. you i tried i looked at everything and i it was one of those things where i it must have been my third or fourth trip around the house yeah going at, outside at the going end back inside yeah this is after everything else is done so I've already pretty much seen everything, but let's go through again. And it was like the third or fourth, and I went, you know, fuck this shit. I'm too old for this. And I just Googled it, and even in the description that I found, they were like, yeah, this one makes no sense yeah, to every, most people. Like, I, I actually went to several different links trying to find one that would explain how they arrived to this conclusion, and not, nobody gave any explanation as to why this is the right answer other than it's the right answer and yeah it it's, well it, one it, the one thing that i did read they said it's because if you use the letters from the phone oh yes it spells then, out hot dog exactly but there's no there's clue no, within yeah, the exactly. game that would imply that hot dog is the clue to unlock the phone and the other thing it's too is it would not be the password to a parent's phone that just would mm -hmm. not happen But it's so a fun was, game. <laughs> did, yeah. you, did you play the hot dog game? <laughs> I, I almost beat the high score, but then I gave up. It was fun. I enjoyed it, actually. It, it's stupid, but after that much time fucking around and finally getting unlocked, it's like, I'm going to play this hot dog game for a while. Now. <laughs> Fuck you all. I earned this. Yeah. So, like, mechanically, that's the only negative I have for this entire episode. Agreed. Uh, that one puzzle was pretty damn stupid, but the rest of the stuff was great. Like, when you finally get your superhero outfit together, having to go and interview yourself in the bathroom mirror yes. was <laughs> great. I, uh, and then the charming moment of finding the the hidden treasure in the in the trash pile in the yard. And I liked, you know, having to find the two pieces of the map and figure that out. Like, that was pretty fun. That was actually really well done. I thought that yeah. was fantastic. And it, and it really showcased, again, that element of imagination that he has because I don't know about you but that was actually uh, one of the first kind of places that I really explored when I went outside I didn't go immediately mm -hmm. to the treehouse or to the garage or anything yeah that was that. the first thing I did when I went outside exactly and it was one of those I went in and, and as you're clearly going to take wrong turns the first time and then you realize oh okay so like this is again all in his imagination that being lost and needing this this map but then once you put the map together with the decoder thing, which clever, very well done. Mm -hmm. I liked it a lot. And then you go in and you find the box of memories and it's like, oh, oh, fucking hell. And again, a credit to the artist. When you're seeing the tears go through, I had the, um, the painted the mask. Paint, yeah. yeah. So when you're seeing the tears go through the paint, you're going, oh, fucking hell. Like 
And because, again, the voice actor, that little Chandler, is so goddamn good, like, you you feel for him. You feel so much for this mm-hmm. kid. And, and also, just like Life is Strange, the music sets the tone oh, of dude. every scene beautifully. Fucking hell. See, this, Joe, if you ever get around to playing this, which I... I would strongly suggest you try it out. You're going to love it too because it has those same Life is Strange moments where you just kind of sit back and listen to the music. And like the other Life is Strange games, the music is spectacular. Like the when you go into the father's room and he left his, his wife's uh, turntable hooked up and her albums so you can put on a record and he says too I always liked listening to mom's albums and it gives him this this relief and he lays down in bed and just relaxes and it was just it was a poignant little moment amongst all of the insanity that he has to deal with with his old man mm-hmm and Chris's adventures culminate with uh, confronting the evil mantroid the the horrible supervillain character that he's dreamt up and all through is like okay mantroid i'll defeat you mantroid uh, blah 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 and, and you know he gets in the air quote spaceship dad's truck and which was awesome oh yeah <laughs> that was so again, cool who didn't do that as a kid exactly i as soon as it started and you feel the 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 controller start to vibrate i was like mm-hmm. oh this is gonna be good <laughs> <laughs> the only thing that would have been better is if he actually would have put the keys in the ignition, not started the truck, but put the radio on or something and have some music coming through. That would have the only thing I would have liked. I, I think music kind of would have cut it cut away from the, uh, the inversion know. of that. But that's just me. But yeah, it then it takes place entirely in Chris's imagination and going to find out the reason Mantroid is this great supervillain he he thought up is that when his mother was killed by a hit-and-run driver, it was on the corner of Mantle and Asteroid. And so he created a portmanteau of those. And the greatest supervillain that this kid came up with is literally the thing that took his mother away. And it was it was pretty damn crushing, like, once you realize that. So I actually went back, I was like, was that what I think it was? And, like, I went back to read, like, the police report that you could find yeah, yeah. and stuff like that. I was like, oh, no, that that's actually what this kid did. What's what's really like kind of crushing about it is uh, Chris doesn't defeat the supervillain. Like, you know, he gets, he gets beaten down and goes back. Like it, it it's in his imagination. He still can't deal with this trauma either. And it's just like, man, this poor kid, the layers in that segment were so deep and so profound that, like, it'd be easy just to skim past it and not realize what's going on. Luckily, we're of the mind that, you know, we take the time and really kind of appreciate the story. And even though we kind of, like, sunk into it, still kind of analyze it a little bit here and there. And it was, there was so much going on there. And, again, a testament to the choices that they made with this kid um, I don't know about you, but like a lot of times when you have when you're doing your little your little action figure, not dolls, um, fighting and whatnot, you have the option of defeating and beating up the villain or forgiving mm-hmm. them. And I love that that presented itself as well as an option later on against this villain that you can forgive and move on versus trying to crush them or defeat them or whatever. All very subtle like cues to his person and Chris's personality fucking adored it Mm -hmm. if I may very quickly before I forget because I probably will the one thing that I did like about the mother is that they went a different route than the traditional stay at home mom with hair and curlers or whatever any of those stereotypes they didn't do that this was a woman that that drew and wrote comics that bought comic books for her son that did all of these things that and she she pushed him to to explore different geeky things and I'm there's air quotes here and things like that and that's a lot of what drives him and a lot of the reason why he draws as well and things like that so instead of going with a stereotype of a mother and wife instead no she's 
you know, a modern day younger woman who's into comic books, into comic book movies, into all kinds of like video games. There's there's a, a I can't remember if it was a drawing or a picture of of her and him playing video games mm-hmm. and things like that. And I really dig that because it's again, it's it's understanding that women like these things, too. So showing a mother that's into that and how that influenced a child. I really dug that. And then we also got bits of the contrast with dear old dad of like exploring Chris's bedroom. Like come to find out like the kid really likes frozen, yes. but dad doesn't like him watching that movie because he sings the songs and draw your parallels there. It's like, ah, and then, he's fucking asshole. He is. Well, the doll up in the treehouse too, mm-hmm. that dad says, this is a girl's doll, but I don't care. It's like, you know what? God, just when you think you can't hate this motherfucker anymore. Well, just when you think you can't hate this motherfucker anymore, you finish the to-do list, and the only thing left to do in the game is wake him up from his nap. And holy shit, does this drop off a fucking cliff when that happens, because he's drunk, he's angry, he's he's a terrible fucking person. Well, I'm sitting here listening to it, and here I haven't played it, obviously, yet, so I can't really comment to my experience, but there's there's a theme that's going on here, at least with it, that I think, I don't want to say isn't being touched on, but you don't know anything about him before the accident, right? Like the dad, really, at all? Like, they don't really touch on that at all? Somewhat. Like, we know he was a basketball star in college and so, kind of had to give that up to raise a family and... But you don't know what type of father or what type of husband he was, really. Because there's this thing that I've seen with a lot of friends that I grew up with that were in a similar situation to Chris in in this scenario, which is why I feel this is maybe re- more realistic and not necessarily um, not a bad representation. If I'm not saying m- it's not realistic. I well, fully acknowledge it's realistic. It's just realistic and not a good way. But I'm saying maybe it's not the fact that he is a terrible person, but there's mm-hmm. this thing where... No, he is. The mother is the source of all of the child's geekiness, essentially, at least from that's what you get. And you learn that she bought and drew comic books and you know encouraged his active imagination and everything like that. So then you have the scenario where she dies and every time the dad looks at the kid, it probably reminds him of the dead wife. Oh, they, oh, they bring that that's up. That's exactly what does happen, yeah. Yeah. But again, that's, say, that's not an excuse, though, Joe. Not I'm not for, saying that it's any... And, and yes, it I'm, is realistic, like you're saying. It does happen. But it it's... Again, there's a lot of people who lose their spouses who don't assault their children or or do this kind of thing to them. It's... it. it, it Yes, it, there's realism there, but it's also still kind of you, you still feel that he is a horrible human being. It doesn't matter if it's real or not. It, when real people do it, they're fucking horrible human beings as well. And we can agree to disagree on that. But as a well, I don't even want to say as a parent because I always felt that way. But as a parent, especially you're watching this and you are getting very defensive. Like you are. Even though it's fucking pixels on a screen, you want to protect this child. And so, like, it's... No, and he's that's a fair. Dick what, I'm, what I'm saying is, like, from... from There's also the other perspective of... I, I understand that that's what we're being presented with, and that's not a good thing. But it's also a thing where I'm looking at it, and, like, the dad needs just as help as as much as the kid. And that that that's something that, like, sticks with me as well, because... I, <sighs> No, you're you're absolutely right, Joe. And it, it, it's it's sort no, of like that decay, right? I I will be the one that disagrees. Yes, he needs help, but no, he's not getting. He's taking the easiest route out and becoming an alcoholic and an abusive father. So because what, it, there's also stuff that you come across during the game where he's being given opportunities oh to get God, the help yeah. he needs and actively avoiding it. Like there's. Tons of opportunities with the grandparents, his in-laws, who desperately mm-hmm. want to help him, with the neighbors as well, with work. There's letters from his work where they tried to do everything they could to help him or whatever, but he's coming in drunk. He's throwing beer bottles in the, the pool, all kinds of shit like that. So, like, there's a lot of opportunities. 
the character is weak. He's written as such, he comes off as such, and he comes off as a horrible parent. Sure. I'm not disputing that part. Right. So yeah, dad wakes up, uh, a big ruckus is caused, yelling, knocking over tables, stumbling around drunk. Of course, blaming it on the kid. Why did you wake me up? Such and such. Kind neighbor lady comes over, uh, tries to to offer some help. Like, And again, I, I don't know how you played this, but I was still very much in the like scared little kid mindset of just appease the situation and hope it goes away. But how did you... Uh, handle it Raj like I don't think you went the same route I did no the first playthrough I did play where he he doesn't come out and say help me or my dad is Mm -hmm. very mad at me or whatever but he says things like oh he fell that was just a noise because he fell yeah and then she's like the basketball game yeah and she's like looking at all the beer bottles that are right there beside her going yeah i'm sure that's what happened and so when you get to the end of that conversation even though uh chris does not point blank say anything bad quote unquote about his father it's still that is that ending and so she kind of says okay i'm gonna go for a minute i'm gonna go and get whatever her husband's name is and we're gonna come back and we'll be back in a little bit don't worry you didn't do anything i see i didn't even get that it was just okay you know where to find me if you need anything yeah that's if you basically make excuses for the old Mm -hmm. man which is what i did on the second playthrough when i went because i wanted to i had not yet unlocked that goddamn phone (laughs) so that's why i went back into the phone (laughs) and that's where i got that ending i thought well i may as well see at least what it is Mm -hmm. and that's one of my biggest problems that i have in the game right there and that is when you choose to do as the old man said and basically just try to get rid of her and not tell her anything uh, I don't know if it's the same thing for each of the options because there's more than one sometimes. But the one that I did, at one point, like when you are making excuses and lying for him, she's saying, you're a good son. You're good. Mm-hmm. And it's one of those, you're good to take care of the old man. You're good to lie for him. You're good to hold the secret and not save yourself from an abusive father and this could get bad. So I, I really didn't like that. I thought that was poor writing, not not a poor see, character me, because it, it, the character read, wasn't like that before. That's the thing, though. They completely changed her character for those options that you take. And that's and it's, it's it. I, I hate that. It's excusing that kind of behavior. See, For me, it read more along the lines of her realizing that like her her impact in this can be limited and more just kind of trying to to reaffirm to Chris that like none of this is your fault you're a good son like it wasn't so much like her being okay with what he was doing it, it then it was like she realizes that the situation this kid is in and see if, I would if she I, can't do anything else he kind of needs to know like this is this is on your dad this isn't on you I would agree but for the fact that when she was saying you're a good boy it was wrapped around the you're a good boy for taking care of your father and for being together and those kind of things so it didn't come across as this isn't your fault to me it didn't come across as this isn't your fault you're a good boy it was you're a good boy for sticking up for your old man and and being there for him and it's like it's not his fucking job as a nine-year-old to be doing this so yeah it's one of those complicated things where different people are going to have their own perspectives. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Everybody's going to see it differently, clearly. So, but it's for me, I, I, that was the only part of the story that I felt that I had an issue with the writing per se. And then my other issues are just with the character of the father, who's a horrible human being in my mind. And I had a problem with that. But that's, that's part of the writing. And then, of mm-hmm. course, the cliche mother in the refrigerator kind of bullshit. But, but as a whole, fucking a, Adored this game right and then of course at the at the end when it chris's dad get into another confrontation and dad you know grabs him right where he had that bruise which of course kind of erases any uh sort of otherwise and yep. even goes so far as to to throw out the whole you're the reason your mother is dead line and chris doesn't know how to react he runs off he, go, he goes to go to his treehouse what the fuck else are you gonna do get away from dad go to the place where he can't get you and uh, the ladder breaks, he's going to fall, and you're like, oh, shit. 
this 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 is not going to have a happy ending and that's where we get the life is strange stuff happening of his fall being slowed down and his hovering in the air for a minute and we don't know if it was chris finally having actual superpowers or the kids that were in the neighbor's yard had something to do with it but it it definitely got me ready for yeah i i'm i'm ready for another life is strange give me oh, more yeah. of this stuff because even though we know Chris and his dad aren't going to be the main characters of Life is Strange 2, they're still going to be involved. And I, I, whatever I have to do in my Life is Strange 2 playthrough, I'm going to make sure this kid gets a happy ending. Yeah, no kidding. It was <laughs> the moment the ladder breaks and he falls down was so well done and so unexpected that when, mm-hmm. <laughs> as he's going up the ladder, I nearly broke my fucking tooth. I was having a drink of wine <laughs> as I'm playing and as the the poof and it breaks and he falls over, I jerked and the glass hit my front teeth fairly hard. <laughs> it was like son of a bitch, but it, I was not expecting it at all at all. And it for me when I watched it, it was it was fairly clear. Yeah, this is the kid. This is the the neighbors are nobody saw it because otherwise they wouldn't have just waved happily. They would have been in shock. But. It was in my mind. It was clearly him. I don't know. Really? It, it, not narratively. Like narratively, it makes sense for him for it to be him. Just knowing that he's not going to be the central character in the the game going forward. Well, not the implies- central, but he is going to be in it. We don't know how much mm-hmm. of a role he'll have in that story. Uh, and they've already made the ties to uh, Black Blackburn. Black Black. What the fuck? Is it? Whatever this. School the school, was, yeah. yeah, you found that letter, right? Because that's where the mm-hmm. mother went to school. So they've already made some ties there. So it would stand to reason that, you know, maybe he's going to go and live with his grandparents, who presumably would live there in Arcadia Bay, because that's where the daughter went to school. So maybe that's where they live. So if he's had enough with the old man after this event, and he goes to live with the grandparents, then maybe he will have a bigger role. Who knows? But I'm ready. That's all oh, I can fuck say. Yeah. Yeah, this yeah, was definitely. a very effective demo. Because I'm ready. Fucking thing was free. It was a wonderful way to spend an afternoon playing this game and and free. Uh, like, holy crap and hell. So if you have not checked it out yet, uh, by all means, do it. Uh, when does Life is Strange 2 come out? Give me a second. That was probably something I should have uh, done before now. Uh, uh, September. So yeah, you got a few months to to knock this one out. Yeah, end of September, too. Oh, I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> <laughs> I am so looking forward to this shit. Okay, let's move on from there. We got a little bit more news, too, of a new hero in Overwatch. And he's a good boy. <laughs> he is He is the best boy who's going to pee on everything you love. Um, so, yeah. I'd give me that as, like, a friggin' pose in the play of the game thing. <laughs> I mean, I already made it a meme. It's on the internet already where he's just sitting there at his happy thing, like popping out of his mech. And it just says, I'm going to pee on everything you love. Um, so Hammond uh, is the latest hero that's going to be coming to Overwatch. And he is from the same facility that produced Winston, uh, except he is not a gorilla. They were, they were experimenting on more than just gorillas. Uh, and he happens to be a hamster, a very large, very smart hamster that escaped at the same time Winston did from the moon base by creating an escape capsule that he hooked onto Winston's rocket that brought him back to Earth. Um, Not only did he come back to Earth, but he then cut his escape pod loose over Australia, uh, wound up creating a gigantic robot ball mech, fighting in the arena in the Junker Town, and uh, becoming a champion before he decided that I'm going to go have more adventures in the rest of the world, because that is literally as involved as this character is, and I fucking love it. Um, His mech is basically a giant sphere, with Gatling guns. Uh, he has a adaptive shield that gets better the more things that are around him. Uh, and his ability that has broken this game like crazy on the PTR, uh, which is grappling hook. Um, he can literally latch onto things and then use an ability called boost that basically just swings him around like a wrecking ball, literally like a wrecking ball. Uh, so we've been seeing like plays coming out of the PTR of like, oh, this is a control point that has a central thing in the middle of it. Well, I'm just going to be Hammond and latch onto it and boost and never stop. And it just this giant whirling ball of death uh, or the 
uh, power plant map where there's that big, large gap underneath um, where Farah players have been like flying underneath it to sort of like go behind the enemies. Uh, no, Hammond can just d dive down, grappling hook, use his ability, swing through, and and go do ridiculous things. I I fucking love him. Like he is the best thing that's been added to this game since Brigitte. Well, he's the last thing to be added to the game since Brigitte. <laughs> Joe hasn't been playing lately. <laughs> no, I, I really haven't. But like even then, like I played Brigitte and I came back for her, and she was really fun and everything like that. But this is just ridiculous, and that's why like I play games now. I don't play games where like, oh, this is the super serious old man that, you know, I'm the grizzled veteran and look at me and uh, I don't fucking care about that. No, 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 no. What I like is I like ridiculous and a hamster in a giant fucking mech is super ridiculous and I love it. Oh, I, I adore it as well. Like <laughs> that, that officially one of his uh, victory poses is a straight ripoff of divas with her on top of the, the mech doing the peace sign. Like, Oh my god, like you could tell that this is just something they had fun with. Like, I, I would love to have been a fly in the wall in the meeting. We're like, okay, what's our new character? Uh, what about a hamster in a giant mechanical hamster ball? Great, let's run with it. And they just no idea was too dumb. And I say that in the nicest way because sometimes you just got to be big and dumb and commit. And by god, they did. Mm -hmm. I am curious if the name Hammond had anything to do with the shortest member of Top Gear, Hammond. <laughs> Richard Hammond. <laughs> because that's immediately what I thought of, a motorized little crazy my vehicle. God, I almost spit with... water all over my microphone. <laughs> <laughs> I, if, in fact, that's what they were going for, kudos, boy. If not, lie and say that you were. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, too, you can latch onto walls, and it's pretty much like spider-man mode to kind of swing around as well i haven't tried it but tristan said he's seen it done oh yeah <laughs> you can awesome. you can literally do that and like i said that you can do your momentum thing where you can do that slam and just go flying it is it is ridiculous now i have not looked that deep into all of his abilities and everything like is is okay what category is he being put into tank He's a he's a he's an off so tank. So he is an off tank. Okay. Does he have any kind of shield at all for to for other players, or it's all his own stuff? Nope. All his own stuff. Okay. He, his, like main, his main defensive his main defensive capabilities are disruption. Like that that's his main thing. Right. Well, I'm looking forward to trying. Okay, let's move on from there. I played a little bit of Destiny this weekend. I say a little bit because I finished Warmine and it didn't take fucking long to do. Uh, Tristan and I played through it and we had not yet played it and it, that was shit. That, that was fucking horrible. <laughs> like, it's there's, there's ridiculous happening in the story and not ridiculous fun. This is like over the top. No, just kind of, you're going, what the fuck is going on here? And, and then before anything can really be explained or really go into it in any way, shape or form, it's fucking done. Like, we finished, and it was literally, I said it a little too loud, too, and I went, that's it? That was it? And he went, yeah, that's why people were complaining. And it was, like, and then on top of that, though, if you want to grind forever for a weapon that you're probably not going to use all that much, you can do that. So they stuck that on as the time sink, not a good game. And it was, like, fucking disappointing. It, but it certainly reinforced in my mind, I am not fucking picking up the expansion. Fuck, fuck them. No, that this was this was it for for us. Yeah, it, it's it's pretty much what Marty and I said that it absolutely felt like there was one or two missions missing. I would like, say more than that, even. Well, yeah, but at the, at the very least, <laughs> just shit. A fucking cutscene would have been nice at some points, but yeah, like it. You know, they 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 introduce the second son of Oryx, like the 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 black sheep of the family, the brother of Crota, and then he's immediately gone. You have an encounter with one of the literal god worms of the hive, and it's a mission. Like, yeah, it, and the story in this was, was lacking joke. in 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 the lightest of terms. But but like I said, like. The the post game stuff, the, the the grind, if you will, I actually didn't mind a lot of that. Like, I was still the gameplay 
was the best it's been in Destiny 2, and I enjoyed my time with it. But I didn't, you know, obviously dive deep into it. I didn't unlock all of the 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 weapon quests and all that because yes, some of them once it got to the point where like, oh no, this is a fucking grind, I was out. But I I, I still had fun with the game for a few weeks. Do I would I have, you know, bought it if I hadn't already? No. But it, there there were some positives. It it's one of those things where like, yes, this is the best Destiny 2 has ever been, but it's still not good. Yeah, I I don't know what to tell you. Like I we were both disappointed. There mm-hmm. were moments while we were playing where we're reminded of how good a shooter it is. Mm-hmm. Like how spectacular the gameplay is in this game. And it justifiably is. And then the new planet, it was fine. Nothing extraordinary in my mind, but all right, whatever. It was fine. The mobs, meh, whatever. Same old. Really, nothing blew my Wait, mind you, at you all. You didn't like the new enemy faction of the Frozen Hive? The no. new unique thing they did? They, yeah, fall apart and crack and split apart. Ooh. Like, it, <laughs> <laughs> again, there were so many things. And even the new characters introduced, you're like, oh, come on. Like, this, this is not feeling original anymore. And it's, like, not making sense at points for everyone maybe somebody who's gone through over all the grimoires and everything maybe they got more out of it but certainly as we're playing it we're going how the fuck is this supposed to make sense like this is stupid and then again because it felt like there were literal chunks taken out at points and especially at the end and the whole stuff with the vanguard too and you go oh what like and then immediately too I was doing the old run between the storage space and the mailbox to put shit in there and and back and forth and that that time sink waste of time and, and, and I just abhorred it. And it was to the point where when we finished, I thought, well, A... I'm not going to be playing this on any alts. There's there's no point. And, and B... We're at a stage where it does not make sense for us to become invested in this game anymore Mm -hmm. because we have no intention at all of picking up the expansion or the season pass. It's like, no, not going to happen. You might pick it up and tell me it was fucking awesome and you should play it. And I'll believe you that it's good because maybe they'll do a good job. Maybe because it is quite a bit bigger, there will be enough story to make it feel as epic as the original story felt when you first start. Maybe, but I'm still, I unless it's a fucking amazing sale later on, no, no, not doing it. I fucking hell, that, that cemented that in my head. And that's what, <laughs> it's interesting that you mentioned that because at one point, like after I'd finished the Warmind story and I was doing like the, the, uh, the, the post-game stuff, you know, the finding the stuff around Mars and what have you. I was getting a little bored of my Titan. I was like, ah, let me go level up my Warlock a little bit. My Warlock was still level one. And playing through the Destiny 2 campaign again, like the main game, yeah. reminding me myself of how fucking good this game can be. Yep. And that that was part of what I was like, you know what? <laughs> like, God, this game was so good, did so many things right, and but also did so many things wrong. It, Curse of Osiris was such a fucking letdown. I mean, Warmind could not have been anything but a step up after Curse of Osiris. I think that might have been part of it, was that it was less horrible than the last expansion. I I, I still want to believe, like, yes, I I will play Forsaken. When it comes out, no. I'll buy it for, like, 20 bucks on sale down the road just so I can see the story assuming it gets positive feedback when it comes out. There's no pre-orders, of course. And if people say it's garbage, then I probably won't even spend that 20 bucks. So, yeah. The thing with the game is that because it is billed, again, as the MMO type of first-person shooter, where you there's a reason to go in and grind, be it your light level, be it the gear that you want, whatever kind of thing, then you have to feel that you're going to continue to come back to the game to make that worth your time. And unfortunately for us, it, it, it's not. So mm-hmm. I don't want to invest tons of time. Yes, we might have fun. And I told I told my son, I said, listen, if you want to play at any point and you want us to bounce in and do some, some stuff, definitely. I will definitely bounce in with you and we will 
have a blast. I know that for a fact. But if you're not playing, then I'm not playing because I simply will not invest time into this game that I've no interest in in continuing playing. And and because again, that the the shit that happens, you're like, fuck. Like how long do we keep forgiving this kind of stupidity from a developer? And it's like, eh, I, I'm, I've pretty much reached my point. So like yeah, you said, if it's a good sale, yeah. Otherwise, fuck no. And that's where I'll absolutely say, like, with Warmind, specifically, like, for me and Marty, the stuff they put into the, the game, like, post-campaign, was very interesting to us. Not interesting to all types of players. But, like, the, the post-game stuff for me was awesome. Like, going around, finding hidden shit. Like, I love that stuff in games. I loved it in the first Destiny. It was missing in Destiny 2 until now. So, like, that was really exciting for me that that was there. I did it. But once I finished it, I was done with the game. Yeah. Okay, let's move on from there. Uh, But we're not going to another good game. (laughs) Joe and I have been playing... Well, I shouldn't say that. I've played more than him, but Joe did play it. Um, Some of Healer's Quest... Now, this is a game that we had talked about a long time ago because of a Kickstarter back in, like, May of 2016. I remember and, this, and I'm going, man, even if somebody doesn't like healers, this sounds good. Now yeah. You, now you're going to disappoint me, Raj. I am, actually. Um, oh. This is, um, it's one guy who made this. It's a, it's a, the studio is Roblo Games, and they're in Belgium, and it's one guy who did it all. So, for that props for that there's certain things in the game that they did such a good job they he did such a good job the the art style that pastel art style i adore i fucking wish we saw a lot more in that style i love my wife does pastel artwork so for oh, me it was just great art style oh yeah i just kind of went oh i love this not everybody's going to like it I, I fully understand that and that's cool but i loved it I also liked certain elements. I'm, I'm, I'm searching here for shit that I liked. Okay, <laughs> I liked certain elements of the gameplay. I actually did like. There's, it's, picture a super simple kind of. It's not. I don't even want to say Zelda because it doesn't have nearly that kind of intricacy. But that kind of thing. You're just kind of wandering around. Random encounters happen, and you gotta fight or run away. And then clearly you're the healer. The the gameplay mechanics are actually not bad. Like the I enjoyed it, but I enjoy healing. The 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 whack-a-mole mentality that goes with healing in most MMOs doesn't appeal to everybody, but we like it. And I do like that a lot. And it's fun to bounce between the abilities. So here you have four. And again, to give props where it's deserved, it's a fairly robust system for all of your abilities. There is a skill tree for each. There's manners in which different abilities uh, have some form of synergy with other abilities. So that helps you determine what you're going to put in your bar. And then there's certain areas that you go into where you will want to make sure that you have specific abilities to not just heal, but maybe shield, maybe cure if they have an abil- uh, uh, a dot on them or something like that. And then you can also, there's abilities that they put in, that, that he put in, that are essentially abilities that another class would have, but you're kind of using it. So you can use taunt in the same way that a hunter would use misdirection in WoW. So you're saying, attack, everybody attack my tank kind of thing. And and so I, I dig that. And the the encounters aren't long. Like you're, it's a little fight, you're healing through it. If you fail, you just kind of go back in and try again or run away. And... For me, I liked it because, again, it appealed to me on a, a couple of different fronts because it was something that I could do for two minutes in between a call or something at work or if I'm not doing anything or if I'm editing a podcast, just do some healing kind of thing, easy to pause uh, and things like that. Also, if I'm really fucked on painkillers, super simple, I can do this. And it's it's I enjoyed it for that. The problem is that he tried to be very clever in how he wrote it. The The notion of this being this meta thing where you're a healer and everybody's bad at their job, the DPS and the tanks, that's funny. 
I like that. That's reflective of what we see in damn near every fucking every game. So I like that. The problem is with the writing, the different things that are in there that are (sighs) juvenile, very juvenile. And then the, the thing that bothered me more than that was the stupid misogynistic bullshit that's in there. Now, the thing is, is that he may argue or anybody else defending the game may say, yeah, but the misogynistic stuff is put in there to reflect what's in the game and make fun of other games that have this, that it's so prevalent. Case in point, if you choose to make a female healer, well, one of the options clearly is going to be chest size. And I don't know if it says boobs or whatever, but it's, again, juvenile. And when you're clicking through, it's a whole bunch of options that say, nope. No, it's not going to change. No, listen, it's this is realistic. It's things like that. And it's like, how many times are you going to click this? No, we're not giving her a right. And it's, it's again, trying to be clever, but just comes off as misogynist bullshit. And then at least one of the characters in your party is constantly making these asinine juvenile comments about female characters and things like that. Oh, yeah. And, and he's he, not even the only a male character. He ignores you. Yeah, so while I get that the creator is trying to make a statement on how both men and boys act in this fashion in other games, it's one of those situations where, yeah, but you're doing the same thing in your game. So yeah. you, it, it's it's one of those, like, you can't just keep pointing at somebody else saying, bad, 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 but you're doing the same fucking shit in your game, and it doesn't always come off as parody. So I, it got on my fucking nerve so much. Yeah, and, and that's the thing. Like, the game itself was fine. Like, it wasn't good. It wasn't bad. Uh, if anything, I would say that, like, the gameplay, I found it mostly boring. Um, it reminded me a lot of the Green Bar Whack-A-Mole app that came out all those years ago. Um, basically to, for wild players, like, I think it was like five or six years ago at this point, reminded me a lot of that, but the the writing was really with the hiccup. And I'm not going to say what the intent was of, of the writer, because I don't know, but if it was to subvert those sort of caricatures of players or he needed help or they needed help. This is something that like the core concept could have been real cool, real fun but he needed or they needed another set of eyes or somebody that was a little more culturally grounded to say, maybe we should do this a little more subtly, or maybe we should do it this way. Like, again, I don't want to, I don't want to put down the efforts of somebody who went through the trouble of making a game that's visually beautiful. Like I absolutely love the art style. Just like you said, the gameplay is fun enough. uh, But like, honestly, this could do with a revision. This could do with, you know what, maybe I'm not the best person that should be programming, coding, and writing, and self-editing. Maybe I should have somebody else help me out with the editing portion of it. And I think that's really the best way to say it. Like, it just, it was way too heavy-handed with the the stuff that it did put in there, and it didn't come across as funny or satirical. It just came across as if it was written by a 15-year-old. Yes, different aspects of it. I will completely agree. And it it's... It's one of those things where, much like you said too, it's maybe he did do this and maybe it's just that the people he asked to check it out weren't, we're all right with this. Because if you look at the ratings for this, it's, it's got a pretty positive rating overall on Steam. But what what I think is like, you're making a game like this and you're trying to make a statement, ask, ask a woman friend to play the game or, or, you know, something like that or hire a woman and say can you play through this and tell me if it's any good or if you feel like it's actually saying what I'm trying to say or if it's coming off just like yet another game where women are treated like second-class citizens. And unfortunately, again, that's how it feels. So in trying to do a parody, it just comes off as yet another, we're just going to treat you differently. And so, yeah, it. I, I didn't mind the, the gameplay as much as you did. While it's far from perfect, and it is very much a grind very much a grind like you are grinding the same little kind of dungeon quote unquote for a little bit to level up so that it's a little easier to take some of the other bad guys when you're moving to another area and so forth and so forth so that's the time sink that's in there again because of the way that i was playing it 
didn't mind that as much. I certainly, if I had three hours, say, I'm going to sit down and I'd like a great story. I want to feel something or whatever. I am not playing this fucking game. Like, this is more actually along the lines of this should have been a mobile game that you play on your phone when you're on the crapper for a few minutes and then you're done. Or if you're on a bus or whatever kind of thing, it would be perfect in that. Perfect in terms of the gameplay, not in terms of the, the writing. But I'm hoping that he's going to, I'm hoping that he'll continue and make other projects, but I'm hoping that the next projects that he does go out of his way to try to get more quality control in there so that this kind of shit doesn't happen. Yeah. And I agree. And like, and I don't want to discourage him from like moving forward and doing more because I could definitely see there's talent there, especially in the creation of the game. The fact that this is a, a one person game. Yeah. I know we've come a long way as far as like game development's gone, but even then like one person making a game is still an impressive feat by any means. So I would love to see him for lack of a better term, sort of grow up in that sort of environment, right? Like, take on more be better craft better move forward and and turn that craft into something more refined like i can see the roots are there but he just needs a little a little help yeah definitely okay vince you wanted to talk about Shenmue? yeah we got some great news the other day uh that we knew remakes well re-releases of the first two shenmue games were going to be coming to modern hardware in, in preparation for people uh playing shenmue 3 at some point and we got the announcement the other day that it would be available on uh pc ps4 xbox one uh on august 21st shenmue one and two uh i think it was 30 bucks i I, don't quote me on that um but yeah somewhere around there and there's they're not just like re-releasing the game straight up there there's some uh small changes being made but they're largely the uh, original games that we know and love uh, it's been like some uh, upscaling going on to obviously make them uh, playable on HD <laughs> consoles, uh, but it's not a full remaster. And it's actually one of the things they got into was that the game is going to be locked at 30 frames per second because when it was originally made on the Dreamcast, they locked the game at 30 frames per second there mm-hmm. and tied all of the programming into the frame rate. So they can't unlock the frame rate without completely fucking the game because, again, this is a re-release, not a remaster. It's also not that uncommon for games from that era. Like, yeah. Uh, but aside from that, they they have uh, updated the UI. Uh, full English and Japanese language tracks are going to be available. Uh, you can save anywhere, and your game save will carry over from the first game to the second game, which you couldn't do on the American versions of the game because the first game was only on Dreamcast and the second game was only on Xbox. <laughs> but they've uh, now them obviously being on the same platforms, you can do that here. Uh, and uh, full new controller support with modern control schemes since the original game only operated on a D-pad. Uh, achievements, all that sort of stuff. And uh, also full widescreen outside of the cutscenes because of course the cutscenes were pre-rendered in a... Uh, four to three aspect ratio. So they can't obviously redo that without again, remastering the whole game, which they're not doing. Uh, but if you haven't played the original games and you're interested, like I still, I will die <laughs> with Shenmue being one of my favorite games of all time. It had an interesting story, but also it was just, you just wanted to such... collect the shit from the fucking capsule games. That's all you wanted. Oh, absolutely. I had the entire virtual fighter lineup, so but Playing, playing the classic uh, Sega arcade games, which are fully functional there. So get ready for some fucking Space Harrier because that's going mm-hmm. on. Uh, and it's just, it's going to be interesting to replay these games now 15 years later and seeing if they hold up in any way. <laughs> because a lot of things that are no longer kind of in vogue in the gaming industry. I mean, the whole concept of quick time events, Shenmue created that. They were a huge fad for a while. Now everybody hates them, but obviously they're going to be in this game. And it, it, I mean, I, I love the games. I don't remember anything that happens in them other than trying to track down your father's killer. Like, that's literally all I remember. And some cool motorcycle driving with music going on. Like, that's all I got. So I'm actually excited to to get a hold of these again and replay them and see if they hold up at all. Because yeah, one of these... I, I, the original on the Dreamcast, I... I adore that game, even though I haven't played it in 15 years. And I, I want, 
I want to check myself. Let's put it that way. <laughs> I, I literally bought a Dreamcast within the last year so I could play Shenmue again. Like, I'd love this game as well. The interesting thing for me is going to be uh, not just, you know, how do they quick time it or anything like that or how, how do that holds up there. It's that these were massive open world game world before there were massive open game world type stuff. Like that, that was one of the interesting things. Like the, I don't know about you, but the game always felt big to me when I played it. Mm-hmm. Like it felt like a living world. It felt absolutely massive. Um, like in 2002, like, wait a minute. You mean I can just go to the arcade and fuck around for, yeah. the, for the day? Like I don't have to do anything. <laughs> you literally did not. <laughs> and have if to I'm do out of anything. money for the arcade, I can just go race forklifts. <laughs> or, you know, like we were talking about the capsules, like you could literally go to what Americans lovingly call egg machines here um, and just go and throw your money in and try to get whatever you wanted out of it. And then there are people in the world that you could trade your duplicates with. And like, it, it was just, it was just really, really, really fun. So I'm, I'm looking forward to playing them again. All right. Roger, and we- give it a shot. No, I got enough fucking <laughs> other games to play. Seriously. <laughs> not gonna happen in the pantheon of weird japanese shit this doesn't quite make the cut for you not even close all right with that we are gonna call it a wrap for tonight thank you very much for joining us you can find the show notes at forthelore.com and you can find us on twitter at forthelore individually joe is loaders at jay vince is Simodian. marty who wasn't here tonight is officer gleason and with that you can also leave us your thoughts on itunes and stitcher and we will see you guys next week Thank you for listening to For the Lore. If you'd like to hear more from the guys, check out Popcorn Ronin with Roger and Vince, a movie, TV, and anime podcast, as well as Lore Watch, a Blizzard lore podcast co-starring Joe. And if you're into comic books, check out All Comics Considered with Marty and his crew. Lastly, thanks to Manelli Jamal for the show's theme music. You can find him at ManelliJamal.com as well as on iTunes and help support this incredible musician by picking up his CDs.